All right, picture this. The game is over. You're down on the field. You're ready to conduct a post-game interview. So many things can go right. So many things can go wrong. Are you prepared? Welcome to the Sportscasters Club Radio Show, where it's all about becoming a better sportscaster and a better sports fan. And now, your host, Rick Schultz. Welcome to the Sportscasters Club Online Radio Show. I am Rick Schultz. Today is a topic near and dear to my heart because I began my professional baseball broadcasting career doing post-game interviews. Doing post-game interviews, it was a great way to start. I just wanted to be involved. As the local minor league baseball team, the Hudson Valley Renegades, came to town in 1994, I wanted to be involved, so I got a job with the ball club as a program salesman. Selling programs had nothing to do with broadcasting at all, but I was 18 years old, I wanted to be involved. I wanted to be in the mix with a professional baseball team that had just come to town. And I established a relationship with Bill Rogan, who you've heard on this podcast. And fortunately for me, he allowed me to conduct post-game interviews for him. So at the end of the broadcast, Bill would send it down to the field and I would conduct my post-game interview with the player of the game and then send it back up to him. Great introduction to sports casting with professional baseball. I certainly wasn't getting paid, but I was getting paid in experience. And that's one of the things we talk about a lot here at the online radio show and at sportscastersclub.com. There was one particular day that I'll never forget. It was during that year, 1994, my first year doing post-game interviews, and I was ready to conduct the interview of my life. Uh, The game had proceeded. It was almost the end, and what I would do is I would go down to the field basically to start the ninth inning. So as soon as the ninth inning ended, security knew me. I had my badge. I would hop onto the field and walk out and interview whoever the player of the game was. And the way I would do this as an 18-year-old is I would obviously watch the game, and then I had a little note card. I had my little file cards. And I would write out some questions, and then I would go down and conduct the interview on a cassette tape. We would bring it back up and cue it, so Bill would send it down to me on the field and then press play. And it sounded like I was right down there on the field. You'd hear the interview, and then I'd send it back up to him. So this particular day, I had my questions all written out. I had probably seven to ten questions on my little note card. I grabbed the tape recorder. In the commercial break between the 8th and ninth inning, I said, okay, Bill, I'm going to go down there and interview Jay Payton or whoever it was that day. And Bill said, oh, great. Let me see your questions. I handed him my note card. He said, oh, nice questions. Good questions. And he tore it up. And my questions were in a million pieces on the floor of the press box of our radio booth. I... I flipped out. I said, Bill, what are you doing? These are my questions. What? I have to go down and do my interview. Why would you do that? And Bill looked at me and said, did you watch the game? And I said, yes. And he said, do you know who you're going to talk to? I said, yes. 
And he said, great, have a conversation. Ask the questions that you want answers to and that the listener wants answers to. And I said, Bill, but my questions, you just tore them up. He said, you don't need the questions. You watch the game. You're ready for the interview. And I was furious. I huffed and puffed out of that radio booth, stomped my way down to the field, and then bumbled my way through the interview and conducted it. And that's the last time I ever used questions. Because the message was, you don't need to have your questions written out word for word. Because number one, that's going to sound unnatural. Number two, to your guest, it's going to be very unnatural. I mean, think about that. I'm on the field after a game talking to a player who just won a ball game and I'm looking down at a card reading questions. But number three, Bill had confidence and knew that I could do it. So when I come back, I'm going to touch on three keys that will help you have a successful post-game interview. Three things you can do to be as well prepared as possible to have a successful post-game interview. And we'll touch on those three when we come back. Have you ever wondered how you can start a career in sports broadcasting? Do you dream of calling the action and working in sports for a living? We have a great free way for you to start learning about a sportscasting career. Download our free ebook, Seven Tips to Get Started in Sports Broadcasting, plus three myths that will shock most sports fans. Visit sportscastersclub.com and click on free stuff to download this book. This resource will help you jumpstart your career. It will also help you decide if you truly want to work in sportscasting. So download the seven tips to get started in sports broadcasting by visiting sportscastersclub.com and clicking on free stuff. Happy reading. All right, you heard that story about my post-game interview career and how I went from having my questions on a note card to just simply reading the questions. And there are three keys that you can grab hold of to make sure you're prepared to have better post-game interviews. And these are all tied to preparation in one way or another. But three ways you can have excellent, outstanding, fantastic post-game interviews. Number one, goes without saying, pay attention to the game. And this is really the case whether you're a beat reporter covering a local team and then going into the clubhouse afterwards and, and conducting interviews. Or in the case that I mentioned earlier where I would, on the radio play-by-play broadcast, I would go down and conduct the post-game interviews. Pay attention because you're going to pick things up during a game and you're going to watch the game intently, focused, because you never know what's going to come up during an interview. For example, let's say a player hits a big home run in the ninth inning to win the game and you're talking to that player. And during the interview, he says something to the effect of, well, we were really down, but then that third inning changed things completely for us, and I was able to hit the big home run at the end. Well, by paying attention and being focused and dialed into the game, you knew that in the third inning, they had a big defensive stop, a big play by their third baseman to rob a a base hit down the line with a diving stop, and that shifted the momentum That gave the pitcher a boost, and that changed things in the game. And and only by paying attention you know that. So pay attention. That's the number one thing. It's very difficult to conduct a post-game interview if you don't know the entire context and the entire rhythm and 
what happened in that game. So pay attention. Certainly keep score if it's a baseball game or if it's a game you're broadcasting yourself. For example, with Army basketball, when I was broadcasting the Army basketball games in the late 90s, early 2000s, I would call the play-by-play of the game on the radio and then we would bring a player over to join me at courtside for an interview. Certain places, let's say when we were playing at Duke, I was way up in the rafters. Couldn't get anybody up there. It would take them probably 10 minutes to get up to where I was broadcasting. But in the case where I was broadcasting courtside, it was easy to just have a member of the sports information staff bring a player over. So maybe it was Chris Spatola, who was the point guard for Army, and and maybe after the game he would come over, put on a headset, and conduct a post-game interview with me. And just by broadcasting the game, I automatically paid attention. I was locked in. I knew exactly what happened, and we were able to have a conversation. Number two, in your mind, when you're conducting a post-game interview, always try to think, what does the listener want to know? And definitely this translates to any time you conduct an interview, whether it's in a, a studio setting, on the radio, on the telephone, on, a, on this podcast, for example. But definitely in a post-game scenario. So what does the listener want to know? There's a big difference between, let's say, interviewing a player after the game. Let's say it's Jay Payton. I use that name because he was playing for the Pittsfield Mets in the mid-90s when I was broadcasting in for Hudson Valley. And I interviewed him quite a few times after games because he usually had a good game. And sometimes when Pittsfield won, he's the guy I would talk to. And when I would interview him, there's a big difference between just making a quick comment of a great home run there to win the game. I mean, that's kind of, eh, that's kind of a, a blah question. It's not a question at all. It's a lazy way to ask it. But maybe what the listener really wants to know is, what were you thinking as you were gearing up for that 2-0 pitch? Or what was going through your mind as you stepped to the plate after your team squandered a three-run lead. Try to get a little deeper. Get a little deeper to ask a more focused, pointed question that your listener wants to know. For example, if something dramatic happened during the game, and then you're conducting a post-game interview, that's probably something still on the mind of your listener, and so you want to ask about it, because that's what they want to know. For example, I recall broadcasting a game where there was a a 20-minute bench-clearing brawl, where the players were fighting, the fans were fighting, throwing things at the players, throwing them back at the fans. It was mayhem. Well, the game continued, and then at the end of the game, I conducted a post-game interview. And it would have been ridiculous if I didn't talk about that just by following the game and knowing that that's what my listeners wanted to know about. So that's very important, to ask the questions your listeners want to know about and a great way to do this for example what I did I would go down to the field with my tape recorder it wasn't a live interview but it would work even if it was live and I would say hey Jay I want to talk about uh hey uh would you join me on the post game show and he'd say yes or whoever the player was would say yes most times and I'd say great definitely want to talk about the big home run you just hit to win the game and also also we'll we'll talk about uh, what happened in the third inning. Just to give them a little heads up. Hey, we're going to go we're going to go there. We're going to talk about that. 
Number one, it's warming up the guest. We're building a quick little bit of rapport in about 10 or 20 seconds of just chit-chatting before we go live on the air. And number two, it's it's also refresher, refreshing his memory. So maybe some things come to his mind to allow him to give better answers. So great way to, to have a great post-game interview is by keeping the listener in mind. What do they want to know? And number three, the third key to conducting a solid, fantastic, awesome post-game interview is be yourself and have a conversation. And that's really what, what Bill Rogan showed me when he tore up my questions is that I watch the game, now go down and have a conversation man-to-man or man-to-woman or woman-to-man or whatever it is with the person that you're interviewing. Have a conversation. That's all it comes down to. And so having scripted, written-out questions is never the way to go. You may have bullet points written down. You may have bullet points preferably in your mind in a post-game scenario. I mean, when they go to Michelle Tafoya after a game, a football game, she doesn't look down at a card, a note. She watched the game. She knows what to ask. She knows the specifics. Now, if there's a, a stat that you need to glance down to get a statistic right, that's fine. If you need a note like that, or if there's a name that's tough to pronounce, tough to remember, if you need a note, nothing wrong with that at all. But you want to have a natural conversation. It's going to elucidate a better answer from your guest because they're going to be more relaxed. They're going to be more calm. It's going to be conversational and natural. And you just want to have a conversation. That's it. You watch the game. Now go down and have a conversation. Have some things in your mind that you want to talk about. But listen. Listen to the answers. And let those answers take you wherever the interview is going to go. You can focus it back on specific questions you want to ask. But listen to the answers. Nothing is worse than having an interviewer ask a question and have the guest give an answer that that makes you open your eyes, that surprises you, that maybe it's something you didn't expect, and then to have the interviewer completely change topics and go to their next prepared question. There's nothing worse than that. For example, let's say that you're conducting a post-game interview and you say, well, Great, great job in that ninth inning. You know, what were you thinking as you stepped up to the plate with a 2-0 count? And maybe the player says, well, I was really confident. I knew I was going to succeed. I, I felt really good out there. I was looking for a fastball. And it all really boiled down to the fact that today was such a special night for me. And I really wanted to do something big just because it was such a special night. Now, my next question should be, well, why exactly was it a special night? Well, actually, today's the first time my grandmother has ever seen me play a game and she was here to watch. But how many times do you hear an interviewer just not even follow up? And it leaves the listener on the edge of their seat saying, why don't you ask that question? So listening is very important. That, that, that has to do with any time you're conducting an interview. You have to listen and go where the, the questions and the answers direct you. So... Again, to recap, three keys to a, a, an awesome, fantastic, wonderful post-game interview. Number one, pay attention. Number two, what does the listener want to know? And number three, be yourself and have a conversation. When I come back, we've got a couple questions from listeners, and we've got our question and answer coming up in just a minute. 
If this is the year that you want to improve your sports broadcasting skills, then why not start your own podcast? It's simple and fun. We use Buzzsprout to host our podcasts, and you can too. Simply click on the Buzzsprout link in today's episode notes. And if you have questions while you are creating your podcast, let us know. We'd like to help you. Now it's time for the best part of our show, your questions, our answers. To ask a question for the program, send an email to questions at sportscastersclub.com. Okay, question and answer today. We've got two emails that have come in. And again, questions at sportscastersclub.com. That's how you ask the burning questions that are on your mind, and we will answer them as we can here on the online radio show. Number one, how do I build a network of, trying to read it, a network of professionals? How do I build a network of professionals? And that comes in from Tommy in Duluth. Tommy, great question. I find the best way to do it is to get out there and do it. I didn't mean to rhyme there, but I did. Get out there and do it, Tommy. I don't know how old you are. I don't know the stage of your career, whether you're in high school, college, whether you're already broadcasting, whether you're building a career right now, whether you're in a a corporate nine-to-five job and you're looking to, to do something on the side. But the answer is to get out there and do it because as you get out there and do it, you'll naturally meet people, others that are out there doing it as well. And, and then as you get out there and get some experience, it opens up so many doors, so many ways that you can network with others. For example, if, if you're not involved in sportscasting and then out of the blue you call or you email or you contact a sportscaster and start picking their brain, maybe they want to give you some info. Maybe they don't because they don't know how serious you are. But let's say you're already doing your local high school games and you reach out to somebody and say, listen, I'm, I'm broadcasting for such and such high school. I'm having a great experience getting my, my feet wet in the sportscasting industry, but I want to ask you a couple quick questions. Well, then you've proven that you're somebody that's hungry. You're out there in the industry. You're, you're already almost a colleague. You're not just a fantasy camper. You're somebody who's doing it. And you're going to open a lot more doors and people are going to be a lot more helpful and willing to help if you're already in the industry. So that's what I would say, Tommy. That's how I would answer that. Get out there and do it. Whether you're at the high school level, college, professional, get out there and do it and people are going to be very willing to help. That's question number one. Question number two from Danielle in Lakeland, Florida. Thank you, Danielle, for emailing in. And she asks... Should I talk about the news during my sports broadcast? Well, Danielle, my answer to that 99% of the time is no. Do not talk about the news during your sports broadcast. And the reason being, people know where they can go to get the news. They know where they can hear about politics. They know where they can go to hear about gardening. They know where to go to hear about Harry Potter or Tiger King or anything else. But the reason they're tuned into you is to hear the sportscast. So I know the listeners that we have here on the Sportscasters Club online radio show. 
And I know the reason you tune in is because it appeals to you. We've got a lot of interest. I listen to a lot of podcasts myself, a huge array of podcasts. I've probably got 10 or 15 that are saved that I get their episodes downloaded right to my phone, every single one, and I listen. And sometimes I'll, I'll listen more to, maybe this week Dave Ramsey's show is really striking a chord, so I'll listen to five, six episodes in a row on my phone. Or maybe next week it's Jason Barrett and the Barrett Sports Media podcast, and maybe I'll listen to a bunch in a row there. Or maybe I'm listening to the Brian Buffini show and listening back to the great stuff he does on Earl Nightingale or As a Man Thinketh or any of these different podcasts. But the point is, I'm tuned in specifically for that material. And you're going to turn off people if you stray out of that realm. Because if they're tuned in for thing A and you give them thing B, that was false advertising. So here on the Sportscasters Club online radio show, which certainly I hope you subscribe because then you'll get every episode downloaded right to your device. So I do it in Apple. That's I use the Apple podcast player, so they all come right there. Hopefully you subscribe on some Apple or some app device, some app to whether it's Stitcher, Spotify, whatever, however you get your overcast, however you get your podcast, it's the most convenient way to do it. But when people listen to our episodes, they want sports broadcasting. And occasionally we'll touch on the sports topics of the day. For example, a while back we did a show about how the Mets got it right and five reasons that they were absolutely right to hire Luis Rojas to be their new manager. But it's sports related. And I, I always focus on the sports broadcasting angle. And so that's, I think, something that you want to focus on. So the answer to your question, no. Do not talk about the news. Marty Glickman always used to say, people are tuned in to the game to hear the game. And people are tuned in to the sportscast to hear the sportscast. If they want to know about the other sport that's going on right now, the other game, they're going to tune into that. So if I'm broadcasting a baseball game, and meanwhile, there's a college football game going on at the same time. I'm not going to talk about it because if you want to know about that, you're going to go there. Maybe I give a score, maybe, but I'm not going to sit there and talk about the ins and outs of another sporting event if you're tuned into my event because that's why you're there. If you wanted that other event, you would tune in there. Sports talk show is different because you're covering all the sports but still on a sports talk show i would stick to sports not news same thing holds true if i'm hosting a news program don't focus on sports because sports fans know where to go to get the experts in that regard as well so it it goes both ways so i hope that helps hope those answers help you thank you for sending in your questions to questions at sportscastersclub.com and when i come back it's going to be exciting as we wrap it up when you're done with this episode, or even if you want to open your browser now, you can go deeper and learn the secrets of sports broadcasting. Search our full list of books at sportscastersclub.com, available from Amazon and Kindle, paperback, and audible format. All right, another episode in the books of the Sportscasters Club online radio show. Thank you for sharing this radio show with sports fans that are in your life and thank you for subscribing so you get all of our episodes right to your phone and as you heard us talk about during this episode 
our free Facebook group, the Sportscasters Club Community. It's a place that we share some, some other content, some videos. We bounce ideas off each other. I've had a lot of broadcasters recently ask about that kind of a community. And who knows, maybe down the road this year, we'll get even deeper into a community where you can network with sportscasters. So if that's something you're looking to do, stay tuned. But until then, I'm Rick Schultz. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and we will catch up with you next time. Thanks for listening to the Sportscasters Club radio show at sportscastersclub.com. Don't forget to subscribe so you will never miss an episode. And thanks for liking, sharing, posting reviews, and spreading the word.